Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Luca here with Vigor Life Podcast, and today uh, we got Max Shank, which I, I just love your name, dude. It's like a fucking ninja name. Uh, Thanks, we man. got Max Shank <laughs> in the building um, from Ambition Athletics, and also he runs the Ultimate Athleticism. Uh, se- seminars, correct? Did I get that wrong? That's Did correct. That wrong? Okay, make sure, making sure. Uh, but I wanted to bring him in because I love what Max does, number one. But we're going to dig into a whole bunch of different stuff because, um, you know, this podcast is definitely not about just training. It's just about living a better life. But, let's you know, let's start it off with... Uh, Let's start it off with something that's kind of spreading a little bit. I don't know if you notice that it's spreading, but it's definitely spreading is your five minute flow. Right now, t- just tell me, like, how did that come about? Just so real quick, like, my, actually, you know what? I'll let you explain it, too, because it'll be better coming from you. Five minute flow stems basically out of frustration because I was thinking about, like, how can people take that first step. And I realized the first step wasn't even walking into the gym. That's like, wait, that's asking way too much asking to, uh, do a weight training program and get started with everything. That's still way too much. I mean, we live in a time right now where instant gratification is everything. People are not willing to commit any kind of effort to anything, um, without like any kind of guaranteed return on it. So I thought, what's the shortest amount of time and the best use of someone's time to be the door that leads them down the path to better health and fitness. And that's taking all your joints through their full range of motion, expressing your creativity through that movement, and then drinking a big cup of water. And it's much better if you do it early in the morning because then you walk around with that good posture. You know, if you wake up, you're all stiff. You've just been immobile for hopefully eight hours. I know, I know most <laughs> people, yeah. you're probably getting like, what, three or four? I know I, you're pretty no, busy. No, man, I'm, I have to say, I'm at seven right now, but that's because of the three to four led me to a very <laughs> shitty place. That's so, impressive. Some is seven, but... Um, so, yeah, basically... Um, one of the best ways to start your day is some sort of movement. If you can take your joints through their full range of motion, like I said, kind of use your creativity and let your body decide which way you need to go. Um, there are people who will, there are a lot of people out there who are promoting good joint mobility and joint health. And of course there's always some like secret to how you have to do it. And there are beneficial ways that you can do it. You can go slow, you can go fast, you can do this, you can do that. But just doing the damn thing is by far the most important part, right? So if you set that precedent, if you start your day off on the right foot with that better movement, then every step you take walking is actually restorative instead of damaging, right? So if you have everything like a gargoyle, you're walking like a gargoyle all day, you're reinforcing that gargoyle pattern. But if you get all your stuff mobilized, then every step is almost like rehab. This is a really, really good point because I didn't, you know, uh, from if, if you're just online and you're catching it, you're like, oh, this is cool, right? So as a fit pro, you're like, awesome habit, get up in the morning. But your point that like that is a first step, right? If, if we look at the majority and, and I believe this right now we're in fitness, uh, a little bit too much emphasis is like trying to get fit people fitter. I think that's where marketing is really going. But there's right. Majority of the population is like scared of everything, right? Yeah. And that that first step is like, what if you can get somebody to just move for five minutes in the morning? It's the gateway drug, a good gateway drug, obviously. Totally. You know, to go like, what's next? Okay, what if I try this? Getting fit people fitter is so e- easy. I mean, you had one of my good friends, Martin Rooney, on here. Yeah. Lift heavy and sprint. Yeah. Like, if your joints are already dialed in, 
lift heavy and sprint. It works. Yep. You, you can do it. Um, but you're right. I mean, way more people uh, need that doorway down the path. They need that easy first step. And the nice thing also is they will see an immediate benefit after doing it because you can't really give immediate like fat loss results. I mean, unless you're a surgeon, right? And we don't <laughs> want to go down that path. No, that's very, that's very true. I mean, even for, like I said, whether you're already ahead of it, because like, that's one of the things that I really want to get back in my life is like getting it, uh, let's just call it, you know, five minute flow. I mean, I was doing like 10 to 15 minutes of stuff, but five, you know, five minutes is just a great buy-in. But when I do it, I feel so much better. That's but then I just is. don't do the shit, which is ridiculous, yeah. right? No, the five and, minutes is key. I mean, you have to start with something that's uh, manageable. You know, it's almost like a little staircase. I find it really hard to stick to just five minutes now. Um, I found myself waking up earlier just because of it. Um, and I get emails uh, daily that people are saying the same thing. They're like, you know, I don't need to drink coffee anymore. I can barely do a five minute flow. It's always like 10 or 15 minutes. And, and that's what it needs to be. It needs to be that easy path that before you know it, you're like doing this great thing for you. And it, like I said, totally sets the tone for the whole rest of the day. And this, you know what this makes me think about, right? Cause I have this little rule when I don't want to like write or when I don't want to do shit that I need to do, mm-hmm. I go like, I'm just going to go do five minutes. And then five minutes turns into like, um, all of a sudden I'm doing an hour and a half of writing or whatever. But that's actually been something that I've done a lot of in, let's just say, business areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, it seems like it's almost like, you know what, let me just get five minutes of flow in. Totally. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is feeling great. I'll just do 15 or 20. But more than anything, you're looking forward to it. Because I think that's right. one of the key things is that a person goes, I can't wait to get that feeling after those five or 10 or whatever minutes. Exactly. And then you're hooked on it. Bingo. Right. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think what you said there is huge for people, too. When you're trying to avoid doing something, go do five minutes to something else. Don't just sit there and stagnate. You know what I mean? Like uh, I took up guitar last year. I've been playing for about a year now. That's a good way to break like the writer's block or something like that. Or, uh, you know, so the way I look at it is as long as you're doing something productive, it doesn't have to be even related to the thing you want to do, but you'll come back full circle to it. And usually you'll find some inspiration from like movement or music or something like that. It's a, I, I found that, um, you know, cause I do a lot of different things, right. That other things inspire me to push in other areas, if that makes sense. Right. 100%. Cause, cause at the same time, if you are, um, very focused in one area, you build that skill set and you, and you pursue mastery. But, it, but at the same time, like novelty is great because then you become what you become an amateur again. Yeah. Right? I always, I like, I wrote something the other day and it was like, Hey, in many areas, like, I just want to be an amateur. I just want to feel like an amateur because when you're an amateur, it's like, you're in love with it. it it's like, uh, you know, when you turn pro, everything's so serious and whatever, but with amateur, like you're, you're fully all in and you're exploring stuff and experiencing stuff. And I, you know, when you started playing the guitar, I'm sure that yeah. was kind of like, Oh man, what am I doing? Right. But, yeah. but you're the amateur working on stuff. And then it inspires me in like in my work, whether it's in, you know, the, the business stuff or it's the training stuff. I noticed that when I try novel things and get better at them, it creates, uh, Let's just say new ways of thinking for me in in other areas. You are 100% and you bring up a couple things that I've actually written about and teach at my workshops. One is uh, inter-skill synergy. So like the synergy between different things that seem totally unrelated. And Leonardo da Vinci was a huge proponent of that. He would always be working on a lot of different things that seem to be unrelated, but somehow his art and science would uh, help him work on an architecture project or something like that. 
And then the other thing um, that you were touching on that is huge is the amateur's gift. Like being an amateur in something is such a huge gift. There's no pressure. And with any new skill, you get to a point of diminishing marginal returns. And once you hit that point, that's mostly where people are like, you know what? I'm pretty damn good at X. And if you want to be a professional, it's a huge sacrifice. Like getting to that point of diminishing marginal returns at anything takes like X amount of time. And then to take it from X uh, from that point to professional is going to take like 200 X yeah. or like 1000 yeah. X. So you got to wonder like, is the juice worth the squeeze so to speak? And that's why being an amateur, I mean, I'm never going to be the best guitar player, never going to be the best piano player, never going to be the best juggler. I'm never going to be the best gymnast. Hold up, you're doing all this shit. I'm just, I'm doing all this stuff. Right <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So that's the amateur gift, right? Yep. Is that I don't have to I don't have to do one for money. I mean, the one I have to do for money is teach people how to move their bodies better. And, uh, you know, really what that has come to now, circling back to the five minute flow thing, it's, it's mostly behavioral psychology. Uh, you have to get people in the door with five minute flow. Then you have to set a foundation of good joint mobility and movement quality. And what that does is it opens up options. So really what you're giving people with a foundational level of fitness and health is options so they can find something that they love doing, right? So if a person can is fit enough to, let's say, walk for five minutes, their options of the fun, active things they can do is severely limited. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm like, hey, do you want to go wakeboarding or do some Muay Thai sparring? Probably <laughs> off the table, right? But if you have a reasonable control of your body, if you have healthy joints, if you have good relative strength with body weight movements, if you can handle some sort of load via like a deadlift or a carry, uh, the world is basically your oyster and you get to then choose and find that thing that just lights your fire. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, uh, I see how you're circling with this because this is all the stuff that like I, I really love, right? Behavior change, right? It's a huge part of it is autonomy. It's choice. It's giving people the, hey, would you like to do this? Or it's freedom, like baby. That's that? why we're here. Exactly, right? <laughs> and when it becomes to, when you know, it's what we talked about with Martin earlier, it's to like the complexity of, no, 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 no. It's got to be like this. And it's got to be like that. It right. automatically kind of imprisons people and like that actually takes them away from having it become behavior change and habitual mm-hmm. versus like you can do all these different things but there's prerequisites for it right and right and then how do you kind of uh i would say put the little seed of of change into somebody right right so, yeah, just five minutes of this yeah exactly and what you do for fitness should be based on two things how how good it works for you to help you achieve your goals and personal preference and the second one is something that people totally disregard like You know, I feel really bad when I was like 21. So I opened my gym about seven years ago now. When I first opened the gym, I was, you know, full of piss and vinegar and I had uh, attended tons of seminars and read tons of books. And back then when I was 21, I was like the smartest guy I knew by far. Um, I've gotten way dumber since then, (laughs) uh, as far as I know. (laughs) Um, But I remember talking to someone about their fitness and they had brought up that they were doing Zumba like four days a week and that they were having a lot of fun with it. And I'm going to comment after you. I remember, I remember saying them, well, do you ever do any like, you know, weightlifting and mobility work? And do you make sure that you balance your pushes and your pulls? And they were like, (laughs) well, no. And I was like, well, you probably need to change your training a little bit because I don't think that Zumba is going to get you the goals that you want. And looking back, I feel like such an asshole for doing that because 
I remember that she was really excited about the Zumba. And I basically was like, in more or less, yeah, that's dumb. You should do this instead, which is like the shittiest thing you can say to someone who's trying to exercise. Because once again, it's based on personal preference. If you want to go do Zumba and that's what gets you off the couch, go do the damn Zumba. But understand that every exercise has a cost and a benefit. Yep. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You you get out what you put in. And if you run every day, you're going to be a good runner. If you squat every day, you're going to be a good squatter. If you sprint every day, you're going to be a good sprinter. If you do pull-ups every day, you're going to be a good pull-up-er. <laughs> and and, that, and that's, as, that's as simple as it gets, right? But it's, I mean, but here's the thing, though, right? I, I agree with this because essentially that's choice, right? It's like, look, I'm, gonna, I'm choosing to not sit on a couch and I'm going to go do this. And this is fun. You know, we, we talked about like the aspect of fun being in it because it is, it's important. Look, at the end of the day, I'm at a point in my life too, where certain days I'm like, this shit doesn't feel fun. So I'm going to do something fun today. Right. And it might not even be on my program, but it's like, I have to be excited about it to, for it to be sustainable. Right. Right. And, and if you're more fit, you have more options of what that can be. What that can be. Exactly. Right. And, 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 but if somebody is like, I can do, you know, Zumba for most people is available. Let's yeah. just, you know, you don't have to have. It's pretty low barrier it's, to entry. It's pretty low barrier, right? And, yeah. and we've had like uh, multiple people here at Vigor that I know, they, you know, they were like, this was my first point of change, right? I did this and then I had fun and they're still doing it, right? Right. And then they were like, well, but I want more. So I want to be strong and I want to move better and I want to do these different things. So what's possible? Right. And then they, f- they find out about strength training. They find out about, you know, doing more explosive stuff and exploring whatever it may be. Right. And then it's like here, it, it, it's here for you. But then you can educate on right. joint health and joint mobility. And exactly. you know, what are the pluses and minuses of what they're doing? Well, you improve right. your movement vocabulary and then you get to change the story to whatever you want it to say. Exactly. Right. But I think that's that's so powerful. Now, look, to build up on because, you know, I, uh, I love the book and, and obviously the seminars are what, you know, what do that. But. Just break down a little bit of the philosophy of, of, of ultimate athleticism. It, it was kind of like uh, born out of simplicity, I guess. It was what movements had the most carry over to other movements and what also offered you two different paths as far as motor learning is concerned. So motor learning happens with novel experiences and through repetition, right? So you have the hanging movements like skin the cat, front lever, and the pushing movements, L-sit to handstand, uh, and all the variations of those. Those are kind of like the complex movements where the sky is really the limit on what kind of variations you can do. You elevate one hand an inch. You elevate one hand three feet. You do it with one hand holding a rope. You, I mean, they're unlimited yeah, possibilities. And then you got some simple stuff like the deadlift and the airborne lunge, which are really... Um, complementary of one another. You got your uh, lower pushes and pulls, unilateral, bilateral, um, significant flexibility demands. So you stay flexible while you're doing it. And basically I just wanted to, like we were talking about before, lay the best foundation. So how do you take someone and make them athletic enough that if someone says, Hey, do you want to go do this? You say, yeah, I can do that. And that's, and that's basically it. It's, uh, it's about having that freedom, like we were talking about, to do anything. And it's, of course, built on a layer of movement quality, strength, speed, and endurance. And once you have that foundation built, then, then you get to do whatever you want. And I have like a training template that's really born out of my economics background. It's just what's going to be the most efficient, what's going to have the least amount of opportunity cost, and what's going to deliver the biggest results for how much time they put in. 
Do you, do you see do you see a lot of stuff through that lens? Because I because I didn't know you had an economics background. Well, I mean, economics is everything. So every decision we make is based on economics. Economics is just the study of how the world works, and maybe adding some more clear definitions to what happens. Um, you know, everything we do in our whole day is based on a cost benefit analysis that we either make consciously or unconsciously and an opportunity cost analysis. So for me to come here was worth, uh, everything else that I could have done with this hour. So that's pretty cool. Obviously this was worth a lot to me. Hey, listen, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm putting a lot of pressure (laughs) on you now to deliver, but, um, no, I mean everything, uh, everything in life is an economics decision and having a basic understanding of economics is probably the most important thing that a person can understand to, um, manage their time, manage their money better, manage their fitness better. You know, if you have a more acute understanding of how the world works and how cost and benefit works, marginal cost and all the, I mean, basically you look at an econ 101 book and that's it. E- econ I, I, I just think that you're making it a lot like more interesting mm-hmm. than uh, when I was taking econ 101 when I was in right. college, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there are a lot of really um, famous and wealthy people who say everything they do is just based on what they learned on econ 101. Like there's a real estate guy named Sam Zell, who's a, yeah, I actually heard a, him, yeah. a billionaire. I mean, he he's a. He's a genius uh, as far as business is concerned. And he says, you know, everything is just uh, he's like, I'm a professional opportunist. And everything I do is based on what I learned in Econ 101 on like the first week. And, and it's as simple as it is. You That's just say shit like is this it is, it? is actually le- legitimately making me want to go back and study that. I don't know. It, it's playing. worth it. I mean, <laughs> and, and it, it'll take you like an hour. It's such simple concepts. I really, um, you know, one of the other things I'm passionate about other than fitness, um, because I see how that can destroy people is just helping people figure out how to manage their finances and their decision-making properly. And I think, unfortunately, we don't get any exposure to that in school. It's, it's actually a little bit sad. Like I, I look back to like what I learned in school and I was, I, I was in college up until, about like seven years ago, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's when I opened the gym. And all of my schooling, I got like almost no economics. I got like almost no sales. Actually, I remember you recommended a book to me called The uh, Education of Millionaires. Yeah, actually, great book. Yeah, and I read that, and he said one of the things was sales that people don't get zero um, through their life. Yeah, and zero. that's how you nail an interview is you sell yourself. And how you nail any job ever is you sell yourself. And the other thing that they're missing is physical culture of some sort. I mean, let's just do some freaking push-ups in kindergarten. Is that so bad? Let's go nope. run laps. Let's go play. Let's, let's just do something progressive. And then... Um, you know, this has been beaten like a dead horse, but the marshmallow experiment is a perfect example. Um, sure, if you're familiar with it, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Can you defer gratification until later? And right now we can't. Um, and that's just evidenced by what's happening in the world with things like, um, uh, poverty and obesity and credit card debt. I mean, we're more leveraged than we've ever been really, you know, all, all these things are part of, so my point, not to like bore you with all the other stuff. My point is that this is all stemming from the same dysfunction, let's call it. And that dysfunction stems from having no understanding of economics and no understanding of how health works. And the economics thing 
you can apply those rules to fitness, to finances, to life, to relationships, to everything. I mean, and it will give you a much more clear idea of how you should approach decision making. So, but to bring it back, because I know that you're, you know, an educator at heart. Like for me, it's like educating people to first have different perspective on what they're seeing. It, it, it's like the marshmallow experiment and, you know, short versus long-term gratification. And rather than, I mean, you know, kind of what's to blame? Well, I mean, all the marketing is is done and like literally diets fuel obesity. It's, it's, it's craziness, but it's like, hey, here's this quick fix. The quick fix creates metabolic adaptation and we create this cycle of craziness, right? Like how do, I mean, beyond really just one by one. I mean, that's how I look at it. For me, Vigor is like a ground or, or you know, social media and the messages that I put out is a ground to like just kind of create a different perspective for people. And like- Totally, get it's people. to educate. Yeah. You have to educate. That That's what you, because what you're talking about with the marketing, it's almost like this uh, sick, twisted, downward spiral where the expectations are leapfrogging the marketing and then the marketing is leapfrogging the expectations again. I actually read about this, oh, what book was it? Um, I can't remember the name of the book, but it talks about how way back when print advertising first started, like the first time that there was print advertising, is suddenly there were like miracle cures. And then you know what happened is people expected miracle cures. And then what happened is, they had to market even harder. And by even harder, I just mean they had to promise even more for less. Man, this is like so, and then such a great. It's just this leapfrog uh, effect. If I say eight minute, what do you think? I mean, me personally, I think yeah. bullshit. But most people. No, no, no. Eight minute blank. I don't know. Eight minute abs, right? Eight yeah, minute, eight minute abs, yeah. right? What the fuck? <laughs> like, you know why that works? Because eight year abs is a tough sell. Yep. Because telling someone straight up from the very beginning that guess what, you're going to work at maintaining your fitness and your health every day for the rest of your life, or it's going to break down and you get what you deserve. That's a tough sell. Who wants that when there's eight minute abs over there? And what's, what started, you know, it's, it's funny, like you're speaking my language right now, because we, we actually have, even have it on the board right behind us talking to the team, right? Uh promise delivered <laughs> so and it was this the, the like one of the concepts now is like so a lot of people to break through you have to promise the world right it's like wait 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 but here's what i'm promising you in 12 weeks fucking like exactly. everything right i'm gonna but, give you more than that other guy's 12 exactly. weeks exactly but now but the thing is like now you have to deliver or you're not up to expectation and here's the thing is even if you do deliver this amazingness people are like great you did what you said you would, but it's, it's how you over deliver. It's right. almost impossible to over deliver because you got to promise so much. Yeah. And I think that the only way like to kind of get rid of that, well, one is, is just straight up is have a great experience and great results. One, obviously, mm -hmm. but number two is to just educate and like really just tell people 70%, right? Totally. And then give the extra. But that's what I think is to, to me, what the problem becomes is like, hold up. You're, you're not, Excellent, because marketing is communication, right? So we got to get better at communicating, yes, but communicating the right things versus it's like, all right, here's all this shit you're gonna get. It's gonna be unreal. And like, I'm, I believe in sales copy. I believe in persuasion. I think you sure. can do great things, but but it's like we're to a point where now it's like, oh, I got to break through the white noise. So I'm gonna just say the craziest shit I can to get people in, and then I'll figure right. it out. But then like, you're starting. I don't know. It's like it's almost an impossible task, right? To meet these expectations right. that you set out. Not because you're not really good at what you do. It's just 
we know the realities. Like, can you truly promise someone that they'll, you know, lose 40 pounds in a sustainable way in eight weeks or, no or, or 12 weeks, right? No you, you can't. And because all I want to do is, in, rather than control outcomes, I want to control behaviors. Right. The faster I can help control behaviors, the outcomes come. Yeah. But, you know, I would say, like, how, how do you go about it with not only just your gym, but just, uh, I would say, when you're speaking at, you know, seminars or you're speaking with people or you're trying to get a point across, you know, is it just, hey, here's the truth? That's kind of my delivery. I mean, that's everything we're talking about is part of why five minute flow exists for all the reasons we're saying, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's approachable. It's, it's reasonable. It's, um, a short enough amount of time. There are no barriers. You don't need equipment. You don't need to buy anything like literally zero barriers, level one. And kind of, that's my way to filter out if people are ready for anything or not. Like if you're not ready to wiggle for five minutes in the morning, <laughs> good luck. You're not like, yeah, yeah. like you're not ready for anything. Yeah. Right. Um, and then as far as, you know, the gym and the workshops and, you know, everyone I coach around the world, I mean, it's basically just down to, you, you just give it to them straight. I'm a, I'm a big fan of straight talk. I don't need to, uh, you know, and maybe I, I feel like one of the things that I maybe lack is like the energy that like a Martin Rooney, for example, can bring to the table. And I try to emulate that. R, <laughs> right in a corner. <laughs> I, and, 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 and that's something that I've just struggled with because that's not really my personality. Mm -hmm. But what I've done instead is just embrace what my personality is, which is I'm going to make the information as simple and easy to understand as possible. I'm going to explain what the benefits are. And then I'm going to let you decide. I'm not going to persuade. And what's interesting is by doing this, people have actually come to me and said, you're a really great motivator. And what I realized, you can motivate people in different ways. Yeah, for sure. And my preference is to have what I do spearhead the motivation and then just the explanation, the education, like you say, kind of uh, pick up the rear on that. So as long as I... I'm not full of shit. And the way I prove I'm not full of shit is I do exactly what I say I'm going to do. And then I explain to you, here's what you should do. Here are the benefits. You can, you can do it or not do it. And that's up to you. And once again, it's, it's your right to choose. I, I think a big point for like anybody out there that's in business or honestly anything is like, and I'll take five minute flow. Cause I think it's a great concept. Uh, well, it is that it's so simple, right? But then when people do it, they're getting a result. Right. So the thing that you provided, right, or put together, it's like it's getting them a result. So then they start going like, well, shit, like what this guy Max is talking about actually works. Right. It's like the buy in. And, and Frank Kern always said, like, there's three ways to tell people that, you know, or to show people uh, that you're good at what you do. Like, number one is just to talk like you say that I'm like, I'm great. Like Luke is great at, you know, transforming lives. But uh -huh. That's fucking white noise now these days. Uh -huh. Right. Sure. Number two is for other people. Right. To say it, which is, I think is important. Uh, it's like success stories. and well, That's why Amazon has succeeded so well. I think it's largely due to the reviews. To the reviews, right? And and it is important. I, I give it 100%. credit. But, but at this point in time, that in fitness also is like can be sketchy, right? It's like, do you, have you ever put up a bad before and after picture? Of course not, right? No, Nobody no shows one puts up, up bad ones, yeah. <laughs> but number three <laughs> is showing people that you can help them. And, right. and to me, it's like when, you know, you put it up and somebody goes like, hold up like five minute flow and you sped it up and it's like a minute and like, this is kind of cool. Okay. They do it, do it three days in a row. It's like, dude, I feel so much better. Like the shoulder pain is getting a little better. My little back is feeling so much looser. 
what else do you have? Exactly. Right? Let me see. Oh, wow. And this is this and is this. And he's got to, like, that's how you get that buy-in. Yeah. Right? And it's an intrinsic decision. It's not like a, I'm selling you, like, hardcore face-to-face. It's right, like the right. person decides inside, I want to do more stuff with that person. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's just a big point for everybody. It's like, look, there is value given. The person did it. And then they start believing you because you helped them overcome it. Right. And, and, and the other point here is, too. It's not just the value of the information, but they started believing that they can do it. And if you can help somebody believe that they can do it, you're helping them transform. For sure. Right? Right. So I, I don't know if yeah, you were you sitting that. down and going like, here's the psychology behind it. I'm going to do this shit. But that's definitely. Well, actually, uh, you know, what's interesting is I, I briefly mentioned earlier that um, fitness is more behavioral f- psychology than it is uh, exercise execution. Um and one of the guys that I followed a lot was actually James Clear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's got a lot of behavioral psychology stuff. And then I read a few um, books on behavior change. Um, BJ Fogg was another yep. one that I read. Uh, the Power of Habit was another good one. And and yeah, I mean, that's basically what it was born out of is like how like you can't force someone to change. Like the, no. what I what I love now as an adult is realizing how true all those old sayings were like. Um, you can't, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I mean, that, that's fitness, right? <laughs> that's fitness. You can show the horse where the water it is, but where the water is, um, and, and that's all you can do. And maybe you take a drink of water. Maybe there are other horses drinking water. Maybe you give them a glass. Like, I, I don't know yeah, exactly how to make the analogy people, work. But, yeah. but um, once again, it is all about behavior change. And that's why the entry point has to be so wicked small with such huge results. I mean, I laugh all the time because the amount of, let's say, technical skill or technical knowledge uh, about exercise that was required for me to come up with five minute flow was so minimal. And the, <laughs> you have, you, but that's the thing is like you and have the, to think smaller to and then do something right, bigger. Right. And the, and the, and the benefit has been greater. The, um, the public reception of five minute flow has been so much bigger than stuff that I've spent years putting together. But it's because once again, the people who are going to appreciate it and notice the change the most are people who are at level zero, like literal zero. So them going from zero to anything is more than any kind of change you can get from taking a fit person to a fitter person. Agreed. You know what I mean? No one's no one's going to appreciate that much. I mean, even if you're the best deadlifting coach in the world, very few people are going to care that much if you take their deadlift from 400 to 500. It's just not as big a difference as if someone goes, "I used to hurt every morning. Now I don't no, hurt I don't. every morning." Yeah. And that's and that's huge. And um, you know, it, it's 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 a beautiful thing. I do love think, it. Do you think that it took you because you know it's like you've had obviously the gym seven eight years now, but yeah. and and also went through this process of. You knew everything. Now you don't know shit, even though you right. know more than you ever have. Exactly. That's kind of how I feel right now. But, you know, the, it, t- it took that process for you to go like, no, no, no. This is the simplicity that's needed. You're, it totally took right? the process. It's, you have to do um, your due diligence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like the Bruce Lee thing, right? It's like yeah. at the beginning, the, the punch was just a punch. Then it became way more than a punch. And at the yeah, end, now it's just a punch, just a punch right? 100%. And 
I look at it too because I've, I've like studied so much nutrition, right? From courses to books to everything you can imagine. Right. And now I come across, you know, now now we're back at the beginning and it's like, okay, look, for the next two weeks, I just want you to drink more water. Let's just change your breakfast. And like, it's all, where's my meal plan? Where's this? Where's right. nutrient timing? And those are the biggest changes that people have. Because those small changes add up to big things. And that's why doing five minute flow in the morning is so critical, right? Because by itself, it's not a lot. But tossing a snowball off of a mountain by itself isn't a lot either. But as the day goes on, the effects are amplified and it leads to other positive habits and po- yeah, other positive behavior change. I was about to say that. It's like, that it's a, it is a, a... It's called a keystone, keystone habit. habit. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and those can be, I think, I, I think that that's actually one big one. I mean, some people say, hey, working out in the morning. Mm-hmm. But like you said, for the vast majority of people, that may not be a reality right now. Yeah. But five minutes of flow is just like, uh, you know, in Warrior, we do uh, the different points and you have body being balanced in business. And one of the things is like, hey, did you sweat today? Which can mean a lot of things, which could mean five minute flow. Totally. But then did you have a green smoothie? And and people get like, well, so so that's your that's your whole thing. I'm like, no, but see, the green smoothie puts you on. It's it's like a gateway once again. Right. Right. It's that keystone where you wake up in the morning, do five minutes of flow, drink a green smoothie. And it's like you're off off to a better day. More of your day you'll probably follow better habits because of those two little things that you did. Absolutely. And like how many of those can we start fitting in? Exactly. That's really what it's all about. Well, I mean, in morning routines, like is, is this thing, I mean, it's kind of like a hot buzzword, but rightly so, because it, like we said, it sets the whole tone of your day. Like if you have like a dialed in morning routine, um, and it's not something that will magically happen without you doing anything. You know, that that's the big myth about habits, I think. And it's because it's a good selling point. They're like, oh, well, if you make it today 67, then the habit is locked in and you I never have to use willpower. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, dude, I miss I miss my morning routine sometimes. Yeah. I, have a, I have a morning routine that's like my pie in the sky mm-hmm. and it doesn't take too long. I wake up, I play at least five minutes of guitar. I do my five minute flow. I drink my water. I do five minutes of meditation and then that's it. And when I miss, it's a little bit worse. Like, like it's not as good as when I get my full dialed in routine. I I don't make it ever. I'm not just like fucking crushing it and winning every single day. Like it still takes effort. Um, but the more you see the value in something, the more likely you are to do it. So it's not like, once you lock in a habit, you're like That's just it. cruise that, control, yeah. like no. game over, I win. Um, I think habits are more about experiencing the action enough times that you see the benefit relative to not doing to it. To not doing it, yeah, exactly. and that's the buy-in. But then I think, too, is uh, the more times that you do it, it's a, it's like a mental framework. I noticed this. So I didn't I haven't written an email to my list for like, I think two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, I've been writing for seven years. But the thing is, because I've done it so much, the mental framework of my day is like, whoa, 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 something's not, something's sure. not right. 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 Whereas if you only do it for a week and for five years before you didn't do shit, it's easier to go back to the other way. Exactly. And and so I think that's what, like, the longer you do it, yeah. the harder, if you go three days without it, it's like, whoa, hold up. Well, we are creatures of habit, right? Yeah. They're just not magical unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> unfortunately, no. I wish they were. Shit. Well, I mean, I, I I know for a fact that it's like for me, it's it's been a uh, you know adding small things. If I do consistently, it it does create a whole snowball effect in my day. Totally. I don't care what any. I mean, it's like it just straight up does. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard, right? Because you know that it helps so much, but you don't uh-huh. do it, and that's where this whole behavior change uh-huh. and habit loops and all this stuff totally. comes in. And for for me, like a big part of like gyms like ours. 
is the the things that people get just being here right and then i'm i'm you know i'm a fan of online programs all these different things but when you come and you have a coach and you have a community and you have other people that you engage with like it's that whole thing like shit whether it's fear of missing out or whatever oh, it's right better. right it's just it's yeah, just, just way better, better. so yeah. you do whatever you need to do to to get that habit in in check and in place without a doubt um, without you know without and and it's and sometimes it sounds funny but like that's a humongous value of like I know for a lot of programs that are huge investments for me, like I do it because I know the accountability and, and you know, uh, how I feel if I show up or if I don't show up and things right. like that and the importance of it. Well, and that's you making an economics based decision too. Yeah, and you were going to bring it back to that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so what, but, but what's, what's the next plan for you too? I'm always interested in, uh, on, on the, cause I know you're, you know, you're going around the world actually right now and doing a lot of the seminars and stuff, but yeah. what's next for you and too, like just for ambition athletics also as a gym, like where do you see yourself going and kind of like the, the, you know, I like to ask the question of the future of fitness. Where do you think things are moving? Oh, the future of fitness in general. Yeah. Just like, you know, you the, know in I, the industry. I, I try mostly to just think of my future. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll look at like, uh, macroeconomic stuff as well and mm-hmm. trends. I know that, uh, Heart rate based training is like a big uh, buzz right now, but I think that'll, um, I think that'll, I think that'll simmer down when yeah. people realize that um, that's not the end all be all. And I mean, it's just kind of like the the techie evolution of what CrossFit was. It's like mm-hmm. let's work really hard, let's work really hard, but let's measure it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like okay, all right, um, and we're gonna get back to um, helping people feel better again, and once again. Uh, not to beat a dead horse, but five minute flow, like the biggest barrier for most people is a, it's too much or B they're already busted up. I mean, even if you start just doing one minute of like taking your joints through some freaking circles, it'll make a huge difference. Um, as far as the gym's concerned, uh, I love the team and community that I have there right now. Um, that's something I miss quite a bit while I'm traveling is just everybody at the gym, the, the staff and the members, um, the workshops are fantastic. I get to meet a ton of really awesome people. I'd like to continue being able to do that, which is, uh, why I travel so much. I was uh, telling you earlier, I was gone 28 weekends in the past year and you know, the average trip is like five days. Cause some of those I'm in Europe for like three or four weeks at a time. So it's, it's a lot of time away from home, but the way I see it is it's worth it because especially if you're coaching other trainers, then your reach is exponential because you're like, okay, well, if I make a really good, strong impression on this young trainer, he's going to be able to help maybe a thousand to 10,000 people through the course of his life. And you know, that's how these things, um, spread better is that like personal contact. But, um, you know, I think, I think we're going to see, um, a big shift back again into getting people feeling good because it's like that pendulum swing, you know, right now the pendulum has swung to the high intensity business again. Um, I think we're going to get something in between yoga and Ninja warrior as the (laughs) the next thing, because it's, uh, it's fun and healthy. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely see things going that route as far as that goes. I certainly hope they go that route um, as well. The, I was just uh, so we just had a, a Mike Robertson at Vigor in, in Slovenia and we were talking about this, um, you know, kind of like what's the missing piece, you know, and I think I think the missing piece is actually putting the puzzle pieces together, you know, where it's like training, nutrition, but behavior change, which I think is 
let's just let's just say that not enough people have taken a deep dive into getting better at that stuff, right? And understanding that that is actually what helps people the most, right? Totally. Well, uh, my I was I was not to cut you off, but I have a funny story. I was at the grocery store and um, there's a lady there, like you know, doing her food thing, and she goes with reference to the gym. Do you make sure your clients cook their broccoli before they eat it? And I said, if they choose broccoli over a pop tart, the, ba- the battle has already been won. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't need to worry about that. That is like so majoring in minors, mm-hmm. and it comes right back to what you said. It's about the behavior change. Like, is the broccoli cooked or raw? I don't care. Just eat it. Is it green? Eat it. <laughs> like, you know that kind of thing. So I'm I'm right there with you. It's all. And that's the hardest thing because the people who are already exercising don't even really need that much help. They, the, the people who are not injured and already exercising can do whatever the hell they want. They already have that freedom that we're trying to give people. So they get to use 100% personal preference to decide what they want their body to be a reflection of. If you are 100% healthy and um, eating well and taking care of yourself and not hurt, go do CrossFit. Like, and people will thrive on that. And it, and and it, it, once again, it depends on personalities. Like we're all these, like, uh, we're all beautiful, unique snowflakes. So (laughs) as long as you have a good foundation, you get to choose. The key is how do you lay that foundation for someone whose foundation is completely broken? And that's where I personally feel like I come in and that's why, um, you know, my latest book, simple shoulder solution, uh, um, because I'm thinking like, okay, so what sidelines people the most? Boom, shoulders, shoulder injuries, sidelines, shoulder so many much. shoulders mm-hmm. and low back yep. for sure. Uh, number one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you get people back in the game? Because that's that's the key, right? How do you get people in the game? How do you prevent boredom and how do you prevent injury? Those are the two enemies to consistency. If you can defeat those, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're happy with it, right? Because you're having fun and you're not hurt. And you're being active. So it's all good then. Very good. Very good point. And, you know, what's what's sad is that because we're going to have to chop it up. But is that the majority of people do fall in that where this is what they need the most. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Man, like the, the Gene's like giving me the timer. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, listen, man, t- tell people where they can find out more about you. Uh, uh, I mean, definitely like, man, you got to check out the five minute flow. It's, it's like constantly seeing that video has made me start doing doing flows so i appreciate you for like influencing that, how many times did it take you to see it before you tried though quite a few right quite a few because it's one of those things where it's, it's like an interesting point. oh you, man it's like, oh cool that, oh right. like that when i do that it's so dope right I mean, it's like you keep, <laughs> then you keep seeing it and then right. you just it, it is but that's I well mean, that's I think, why you need that message exactly. over and over again and you know this from not only behavior change but from like a marketing standpoint too it's not it's, like you gotta see you it. market to everybody one time and you sit back and like you just sit nope. swimming money right <laughs> more i mean the thing is is like now uh, you know studies show that people need about 15 pieces of information before making making a buying decision which used to be like five and then ten and I mean, yeah. it's growing because there's more pieces of information and social media helps with that. And like, that's why, I mean, I think that that's a great thing that's happened. So, but yeah. you know, tell them where, where they can f- actually see yeah. that and find out more about you about all of your, yeah. so, um, maxshank.com is where like the hub of everything is. Mm-hmm. And then from there it links out to all my social stuff. Um, and it's just at max shank. Cause apparently I'm the only person with that name. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm easy to find. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you coming by, man. 
Appreciate um, you. For everybody, like I said, if you don't do any of this, so, I, you know, today, from today's podcast, I think the simplest thing that you can take away from is do the five minute flow and see how you feel. I'm always love doing like take one actionable step from everything that we talk about. Do five minute flow for the next three or four days and then let us know how you feel. All right. Next time, Vigor Life Podcast. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes and we will see you soon. Peace. Boom.